should we uh should we address the elephant in the room what i thought rise of skywalker was a lot of fun oh no oh Welcome to Bruise Day Tuesday Podcast, episode 370. I'm Sam Ginsberg, and here is the Rose Tico of podcasting, oh, Tyler See, what sucks about that, Sam, is I don't think she was a good character, but I also hesitate to say that because I don't want to come off like one of those fucking racist douchebags on the internet. So you put me in a very hard um, I know, because I think she's a bad character, not because she's a female Asian actor, but just because her character wasn't good. Anyway, welcome everybody to uh, Star Wars Day, Tar Wars Day. This is an indication of how good this episode's going to be. We're going to be talking about dogs and names, and unfortunately, the name of a company, Brewdog. Zach's here. What up? Not much. You, NMU, from the old days. Um, hmm. I've just been, uh, you know, just hanging out in that AOL chat. Yeah. Pretending to be a lesbian. Like you can do. <laughs> like you do. Uh, yeah, no, um, I had to go to Illinois this weekend, so I, uh, drove down oh, to yeah? Illinois to see some family. Oh, yeah? Yep. And then came <laughs> back with more things than I left with. Yeah, yeah. I had a similar to philadelphia today to see some friends of mine <laughs> so it was pretty sweet it was very expensive i was like shocked but yeah. i was like you know what whatever yeah. um it took 10 minutes and right. i went to a store uh, so what are you gonna do yeah obviously yeah. exactly um yeah so that was good i fucking had watched oh my god the show sam i saw that you posted this you're looking for recommendations i don't know that you're gonna like this but <laughs> They must have greenlit this show immediately, like five-minute meeting. Love on the Spectrum. It is a, a show following people on the autistic spectrum going on dates. Yes. Yes, that's TV. That is, is compelling is, television. Is this uh, a reality show? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I can't do reality programs. That's, that's incredibly exploitative and reminds me of another exploitative show, Indian Matchmaker, which features, yeah, single millennial. Indians getting matched together by a professional oh. matchmaker. And Samuel, guess who it features that we know? That we know? Oh, yeah, baby. Like, we know personally? Oh, yeah, baby. I, I can't even guess. Biaser! Oh, no! I forgot about him being a person. He sucks! Oh, yeah. Uh, well, he is on this show, Indian Matchmaker. He's getting matchmade? Uh, yeah, it does not, does not go well. Good. Oh, that's great. Uh, uh, he was such an asshole. Yeah. Is he still an asshole on the show? Uh, he's just a weirdo. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. He doesn't do anything, like, Becca, does he do anything that's, like, super asshole-ish? Kind of. When he first meets her, he's introducing her to his cousin, and he's like, yeah, but we won't hold that against him. And she goes, uh, yeah, I was actually born in Miami. And he was like, oh, oops, I forgot. <laughs> but he's just a, just a huge nerd. Just a huge dweebitz. But the thing is, I, See, think, that's great. I think that a lot of nerds you can, like, get behind and, like, uh-huh. think of as, uh, as, like, underdogs. But I felt like... Not... Yeah, not this way. I think that, I think that like, every... I think that he probably blames, uh, like, they just don't get me for, like, right. why people don't like him. And it's because he's a dick. Yeah, he's one of those, he's an aggressive nerd. You know what I mean? Like, he's a nerd that will correct you, but be wrong about correcting you. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. But um, anyway, uh, what are your, what is your beer? Is your beer the worst? Hopefully. I wanted to, to kind of spice some things up, so I, got, I picked up Central Waters Key Lime Goza. <laughs> uh, it's kind of summer, and something kind of tart, uh, and... Uh, yeah, uh, this thing poured out pretty uh, pretty heavily carbonated. 
Definitely, like, you you look at it and you go, what's that, that beer? Why is it kind of green? You go, oh, it's lime in there? Okay, that makes sense. Like, right. there's, like, a hint a hint of green somewhere floating around. And uh, it actually can taste, like, lime. Like, you get that little, it's not super sweet. It's really tart. It's not overly, like, salty or anything. Uh-huh. It, it, it just sort of tastes a little, little sour. It's really not bad right now. It kind of tastes good. All right, so it tastes like key lime pie. It tastes kind of sour. It's not too, not too uh, salty. Yeah, super mild. Like, was this guy just a little sour? Well, I have something that is not interesting. Um, hopefully, that means it also won't be gross. Uh, but I become more and more concerned looking at the can that maybe I've had it before. So, uh-oh. Uh, from Oliver Brewing Company, I have Be More Active, a pale ale, 4% ABV. It poured out with not a whole lot of head, different size bubbles. It's kind of a cloudy, uh, pale yellow gold. Ooh, it is uh, fruity in the nose. I'm into that. This is pretty good. I mean, pale ales aren't the most interesting, but it has a nice kind of fruitiness at the front and definitely a, uh, a floral finish, like I'm chewing on flowers. But I don't mind it. Uh, it's it's pretty refreshing. More complex than a lot of other pale ales I've had. So decent so far. Samuel? Yeah, I have a crowler here. So it better be good because it's 32 ounces. From Mockery Brewing Company. This is Gnarly Roots. Belgian with carrots and ginger. Oh. <laughs> you, and, uh, you and Zach really... Really going for the kind of interesting flavor profiles today. I mean, key lime isn't like key lime isn't unusual, but it is a a bold flavor. Yeah, I'm just a bold kind of guy. Decent amount of ginger. I kind of thought there'd be more. Um, I'm not really getting carrot, but also, I don't know how that would come through. Like, I feel like it it could be a just sugars get converted situation. Uh, yeah, the yeast is a little muddled by the ginger. And also, this is only 6% ABV, which is disappointing. But I guess healthy, given its quantity. <laughs> yeah, you can make up for uh, for it in volume, you know? Yeah. This way, I will get fat. What do you mean, get? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't seen below your shoulders in three years, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm like... Uh, one of those blob guys now. Oh, nice! Did you did you merge with your couch? Like your your skin oh, grew into the fibers. I can't believe that can even happen. Like you know, right? that's so crazy. Is wait is this a like, thing? Yeah, dude. yeah, dude. Like yeah. people people who are you know like have straight up mental problems and they just like don't move from a place or like wash themselves. If you have like those couches that were popular in like the 80s and 90s that are kind of like loose woven stuff you can like grow into them and become like entangled with them but yeah, how do you like, survive usually people feed you it's like yeah. on those shows like my 900 pound life or yeah. whatever like i mean you like, you've got to have people off of the couch yeah you've got to have an enabler that's not, not something that you can just do by yourself and you got you got what a bedpan or something Presumably, I don't want to know how that works. You got a whole couch. You got a whole couch. That, whole, that couch can hold a lot of liquid. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's like basically you get to a condition of like what scientists call being a mega fatty. And <laughs> uh, and when you get too fat, like your body just grows into you just turn into a couch, and you start by absorbing the nearest couch to you. <laughs> yeah, science. That's just science. It's just it's just the way it is. Uh, speaking of science, albeit of the climate variety, let's go to Forbes.com for our first article. Now, this article is difficult for me uh, because it forces me to say positive things about a company I dislike. Uh, usually I have to do this about AB InBev or something like that, but today it is BrewDog. Uh, this is a semi-follow-up to an article we did the other week about, I can't even remember who, I think Sierra Nevada going carbon neutral on a beer. Well, BrewDog is apparently... Uh, the official first carbon negative beer business. Um, so not only do they, I guess not, well, they do produce carbon, but they offset it by various things, but they do so much that they're actually like offsetting more carbon they produce making their beers. 
the article, though, and since it's Forbes, I'm kind of surprised, it doesn't really make clear how they're doing it. It says, thanks to a 30, pound, uh, 30 million pound investment plan, BrewDog launched a series of unprecedented initiatives to remove carbon. And then it mentions a few of them, but not all of them. It says they have... Yes? I was just going to say, most of them are probably so unprecedented that we wouldn't even understand. Like, if they were <laughs> trying to tell us what it was, like, we wouldn't... Our minds would just implode. Probably. I mean, maybe it's uh, proprietary shit, and they don't want to... They don't want to leak it? I can't, no. I doubt that BrewDog has come up with, like, or sponsored a way to, like, radically change carbon in the atmosphere. I have I have to believe they're just buying up a shitload of carbon credits, and they want to make it seem like it's better than that. They've but actually I, forced their employees to breathe at half the rate they were previously, right, and they, right. they fine you if you breathe too much in a minute. They surgically extract the oxygen from your blood. Um, yeah, but, um, can't make carbon dioxide now. That's right. It does mention some things they do, which are, you know, it seems cool. They have the Brewdog Forest in the Scottish Highlands, where they will plant one million trees and restore 650 acres of peatland. Peat, especially, is very good at sucking out carbon, so that's good. Um, they've got a sustainable campsite, which I don't actually know how that removes carbon. I think sustainable just lessens it, but I don't know. And then they have wind powering, uh, or they, they power some of their British forests through wind, and they recycle wastewater. Um, but I, I have to feel like a lot of this is is buying up credits, uh, which I think, as we talked about last time, I kind of view as cheating a little bit. But, you know, it's good. It is good. I wish they went into a little more detail about how they were doing it. But, yeah, uh, BrewDog, you've, you've done something good in this world. So to become carbon negative, they just have to buy enough carbon credits to become carbon neutral and then buy one more carbon credit right that is correct yes so it kind of seems like they saw a bunch of breweries become the first yeah you know, they saw the first carbon neutral brewery and then a bunch follow and they were like well it won't make headlines if we do that but if we do one more now we're the first to do something which, uh, which also yeah. feels like cheating on top of how you already kind of felt like this was cheating yeah uh, and again, you know, I can't prove any of this because the article just does not give me enough details, which is upsetting. But, um, yeah, you know, I'm not. Hey, if we if we're looking for reasons to talk bad about BrewDog, I'm not going to try to stop you here, Samuel. Get him, Sam. No, I mean, that's uh, that's all I had. I, I, I I've been thinking a lot about carbon credits since uh, since we talked about it with Boris uh, a few weeks back. And I've decided that I'm wholly into them. OK. Uh, mostly because you don't like them, but, <laughs> but secondarily, just because I feel like for, for the carbon credit thing to work, people have to buy them and it's good that people are buying them because that incentivizes people to make them and sell them. And if, I guess your argument is people should be more altruistic about it. And my argument is shut up, idiot. That's not going to happen. Well, so we have to we have to make we like if, if there's a way that capitalism can help a little bit, then we should lean into it. Well, no, I'm not saying that people should be more altruistic necessarily. I just think that, like, instead of purchasing carbon credits, you should, you know, look into ways to stop producing that carbon in the first place. I think carbon credits are a decent intermediary step, but I, I feel like they're often used to kind of greenwash um, and in and kind of make it seem like you're doing something where you could be doing more if you just, you know, didn't produce the carbon. But uh, overall, you know, they probably are a good thing. I just, I don't know, I feel like it's a little bit cheaty. I just, thinking of it at the super duper hyper macro level, if everyone cheated this way to get to carbon neutral, then we would be carbon neutral globally. And I don't care if it's, I don't care if it's, from minimizing uh, output or doing a bunch of work to undo the bad stuff. It doesn't matter. So whatever gets the job done. Yeah, I, I, I'm not really going to argue with uh, you about it. Zach, do you want to break this tie? Unless you're going to break it for Sam, in which case, shut up. Well, he shut oh, up. Oh, no. Uh, well, I've been thoroughly put in my place. But, you know, ultimately, like I said, I can't really hate that much uh, BrewDog, good job, you know, whether it's by credits or whatever, you know, I do think restoring all the peat is cool. I like that. Uh, so overall, this is, this is a time where I had to eat crow 
and uh, and tip my hat to Brewdog. That's actually a great thing to do in general because crows pump out like way more carbon dioxide. That's, that's true. That's true. Those guys yeah. are just doing it out of spite. They're just like breathing into bags and just popping up. Uh, <laughs> crows are actually awesome, and I would not go up against a crow. They have like pretty crazy like group memory kind of. Like, uh, there was a town that was having a crow problem, so they decided to, like, do a crow hunt, and they only killed one crow, but the crows have not come back for, like, decades, because they, like, know the town doesn't want them, and they pass it along. It's pretty neat. They seem very reasonable. Don't yeah. They, don't I, they also hold grudges from generation to generation? Yes. Well, I mean, they do that as well, yes. Uh, there were... <laughs> There were these um, um, scientists who were trying to do, like, bird surveys and stuff like that, but the crows would always warn the other birds for, like, years and years and years and years. The crows would just rat out these scientists, and they weren't able to do their survey. Pretty funny stuff. Why didn't they put on, like, a like a Groucho Marx masks or something? Oh, they did put on masks, and then the crows figured that out. So you gotta bring a shiny with you. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I do like crows. Uh, I don't really like Brewdog, but, but good job, Brewdog. I guess, uh, uh, one, one line here you can cherry pick, Tyler. Yeah. To support your argument from before. Um, sure. from James Watt, co-founder of Brewdog. Our carbon, our problem, so we're gonna fix it ourselves. Yeah, yeah you're not fixing it yourself, man, come on. They're fixing some friends. of it themselves, and they're yeah. paying a man to fix the rest of it. <laughs> It's true. That's true. I don't know why I'm arguing so passionately for nature when I was brutally attacked by nature last night. Um, what? Yeah, it's actually not very interesting at all. But Yay. it's all I've got. It's all I've got. I was uh, I was trying to go to bed, sleeping, and I felt something on my eye, and so like my eyebrow. And I went to brush it, and it was some sort of bugly wuggly, and uh, I felt a pain. Didn't think much of it this morning. I got this crazy, like, mark over my eye. You want to see? I'm going to turn it back on. I'm going to lean in and see if you can see this crazy mark on my eye. Oh. You see that? I do. It looks like Becca. Did you? Right? Yeah. Fucking goddamn uh, ridiculous uh, bugly of some kind. Uh, I've never been attacked by a bugly in that way before. And it was very disheartening. Yeah, dude. Fuck bugs, man. My, uh... My tent mate, when I was living in Guatemala, um, he woke up in the middle of the night with, like, a moth on him because he hadn't closed the tent all the way. Huge mistake, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, incredible rookie move. But he was like, I had a moth on me. I, like, threw it off of me and out of the tent, zipped it up, went back to sleep. Woke up the next morning, like, covered in a rash. Like, his entire yeah. body was covered in a rash, and he had a fever. And he was like... This hurts so bad. And all of the people from Guatemala were like, oh, he got that. Like, <laughs> You got mothed? Oh. They're like, fuck that, dude. Uh, it was crazy. I was like, god damn. Moths are just the fucking worst animal alive. Who would have thought? Uh, I will say, though, actually, I said I've never been attacked by a bug like that before. That's not true. When I was in Thailand, speaking of foreign places with bugs, I got bit on the scrotum by a, a bug. Uh, what? I got bit on my sack by some sort of bug. Turn your camera back on and show us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was that was also unpleasant. Um, uh, Sam, tell us about your your bug incidents. Um, I don't have any scrotum based ones. Is that okay? I, I mean, guess. I guess we'll take what we can get. <laughs> How about shaft? Can you work the shaft? <laughs> uh, One time I had a tick in my shaft. Actually, that's not a joke. What? Yeah. You had a tick in your shaft? I got a tick on my dick. Oh, you said on. I heard in. That's... I mean, having a tick on your dick is very not good. But now that I know what I thought it was before, I'm just so relieved to hear you Did say Did you think it. it was like in the mummy, like the scarab beetles? I thought it was urethral. Oh, God. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Listen, when you said it, all I did was mishear it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Tick on Your Dick is probably one of the worst children's books ever. <laughs> I was thinking Soldier Boy's next single. Did <laughs> you just write kids' books? Yeah, you know, the classics. Uh, Stinky Cheese Man, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie, Tick on the Dick. Mm -hmm. Gucci yep. Bandana. Gucci Bandana, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, 
So Samuel, yeah, no, no, no crotch related bug incidents. I mean, I've dealt with a lot of bugs in my day, but I don't think I ever have in in a way that is a good story. So I don't know. What, I don't know what you want from me here. That's fair. Uh, one time, my brother uh, and his friend were hanging out at a pond, and they ran over. Apparently, some bees build their hives in the ground, and they ran over an underground beehive, and they flew up their pants. Those bees sound like fucking morons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's put, put that it shit in a tree. Right. Put put it in the most exposed place on the ground. Yeah, we we're Crazy. wondering what's happening with the bee populations. Maybe uh, too many of them got run over. You know, I blame the violent video games that these bees are playing these days, you know? I've heard it's nets and plastic bottles somehow. Nets? Uh-huh. What do you mean nets? The Brooklyn Nets. Oh, it's okay. Ky- it's Kyrie Irving's fault. It's <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets. They're smashing them up. They're just taking bats around town. It's pretty weird. Just slapping them. Okay, we're gonna stay on our we're gonna stay on our animal themes uh, with another Forbes article. We can also stay on our Forbes theme, I guess. Nectar of the dogs. Bush has launched a beer for dogs. Sick. Haven't we talked about beer for dogs before, Samuel? We talked about so. So I guess I don't know what this is. We've talked about something that people claimed was beer for dogs before. That was like. Just like water and food coloring and like banana or something. <laughs> well, uh, this is very similar. Okay. Um, Bush's dog brew, as they call it, is a quote unquote beer made from bone broth. So that's it. It's just like it's bone broth and some some uh, herbs and corn. All right, and that's so, about it. So my thing is, why are they putting this soup in? <laughs> it sounds like a good like soup base yeah it's basically just stock yeah um so it it, apparently humans can sip the beer but quote you may find it pretty bland the website says the official website says apparently it won't be bland for dogs i don't know dogs dogs don't seem to be discerning they will eat their own poop i mean the, the whole time we've been recording citra is in this room with me and i've been taking different pieces of trash out of her mouth so, <laughs> discerning she is not. The label yeah. should just say, if you heat this up in a pot and add a bunch of salt to it, you can just probably like it just fine. You know what this really is? This is the hobo's friend. Because you can just buy a bunch of these, you can feed your dog, or, you know, you can brew it up in a little pot uh, on the rails. So, this is all-in-one beverage for hobos. Yeah, definitely. They need those electrolytes and the, the bone broth nutrients. For That's sure. True. Rondo's got what hobos crave. <laughs> I love that they were like, Bush was like, this is bland, guys. Be careful. It's like, we know who made it. We know. <laughs> yeah, it does that. It does, it does uh, mention some other dog beers on the market, like Flat 12 Paws Dog Brewery. That's a terrible name. Yeah. Terrible. They make a brew from meat bones, carrots, potatoes, and brewer's yeast. And then Snuffle Dog Beer is a Belgian-made dog beer which is made out of chicken, Bowser beer, apparently. Jesus Christ. So I was about to say, this this Bush Dog Brew will be sold online only, $9.99 for a pack of four, which seems expensive. But then I'm talking about these other beers. Apparently, Bowser beer is fucking $26.99 for a six-pack. That's crazy. What? That's crazy. I thought he's not even going to get lit off of that. That's <laughs> yeah. <just> fucking food. <laughs> like, I don't What's crazy? Bowser beer also sells dog cigars made from meat sticks. So, again, something that's not at all what it says it is. There's nothing about that that makes it a cigar. It's just a cylindrical-shaped stick of meat. I'm back to the price point on this thing. So I feel like I could get water out of the tap and put, put it in a bucket with a bunch of kibble and just leave it for a while until the kibble dissolved. Uh-huh. And it would be as nutritiously valuable and delectable to my dogs why wouldn't i just do that would you be happy to know that one dollar from every case of six four packs will go to the best friends animal society i mean i think i might be more interested to just do the thing that i said and then also donate money because what is that what is that like i'm not good at math but that's like what 15 cents from every four pack goes to uh i wasn't listening close enough okay uh, uh, what, what was it? One 
one dollar from every case of six four packs. 18. So that's that's four cents a beer. Okay. So I was close. Um, yeah, it's it's not a lot per uh, four pack you're buying, and also like it's just I feel like dog beer as like I don't know who this is really for because if you're like I don't have great. a beer with my dog, it's like you need to make a friend. You've got to <laughs> get out there because like. Your dog doesn't want a beer, and this isn't even beer. So, like, you're not even fulfilling what you want to do. You're just an alcoholic, and if your dog has a beer or not, like, you still probably are drinking alone. I don't know. I I imagine that this is for yuppies. Like, they have all their sweater-wearing friends over to their house, and they're like, oh, also, I'm going to pour my dog a beer. I don't think that we talk like that. I mean, they talk like that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So... I feel like I am the target demographic for this. Yuppies. As uh, uh, someone who likes beer and likes dogs and um, has more money than more more money than I deserve, I guess. <laughs> and not not a good enough sense that I should just be donating my surplus money to a good cause and instead buy yeah, buy you, dumb you shit gotta... with it. Uh, you gotta, yeah, you gotta do respons- fiscally responsible things, like send me business cards. That only cost me, like, 35 bucks. They got wow. me, they, they fucking pranked me on that, too. It was uh, 20 bucks for a 500 pack, and I was like, that's a really good deal. And then it's, like, it walks you through designing it, and then, uh, and then it's like, cool, you want to do the back now? That's an extra $15. And it's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and and I did it. Nice, sick. I did realize it doesn't have your email on it anywhere. It has a bunch of ways to contact Bruce Day Tuesday, uh-huh. uh, and also your phone number. Great, super. And you promised you'd use them, so now you have to. Yep, that is the corner I back myself into. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I I mean, I I really enjoy hanging out with my dog while I drink a beer. But I don't feel any need to give give him beer while that's happening. I, I, I mean, I would much rather, like, give him a toy he'll enjoy or give him a treat he'll enjoy and be like, hey, we're both indulging a little bit. Isn't this fun? Then uh, give him th- this. And really, a lot of it comes down to the price point. If this were way cheaper, I'd be like, yeah, sure, dogs probably like this. But it, it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. How much would it cost for you? How much would it have to cost for you to to get it? Like a buck for a six pack, probably. Okay, <laughs> like almost nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's right. more. That's more expensive than, like, per unit price. That's more expensive than I'm paying for the treats that he's getting now. Yeah, that's true. I would just give my dog the beer I'm having. You know, just like you want to check that out. Fine. Don't get crazy. You don't. He's not driving anywhere. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, he's he's got a huge problem. Like he's tanked all, all the time. Like, Rupert already has poor enough control over his limbs. I don't know what he'd be like drunk. Probably really mean. <laughs> if being sober is any indication, <laughs> I super mean. Huh. Uh. Well, I have nothing to say to that. Actually, so, uh, my content is about mean dogs, if you want to do that. Yeah, let's do it. Actually, I have two different pet things. If we can, We'll see how the first one goes, and if you want the second one, I'll give you that too. Okay. But the first one is uh, that Citra is very reactive, and so she doesn't that much bark at people for no reason, but if a dog barks at her, she'll bark back and bark back a lot, and it's very sure. annoying. Especially because, like, it's not even when she can see a dog. Like, a different dog in the neighborhood will bark, and she'll Mm -hmm. start barking at no one. And uh, I read an article about how you can fix this behavior. And the idea is, I don't know how much research went into any of this, but the idea is that if a dog is hunting in the pack and starts barking, the, you know, the alpha or whatever would want to shut them up because, you know, you're trying to be stealthy. So... They would, like, 
clamp on the dog's snout to close its mouth and do uh-huh. do a low growl to to signal that you should be quiet. At least that's what this article that I read said. So so the behavior that it recommends to humans is uh, hold hold their jaws shut with your hand and growl the word quiet to them. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, so, real. Uh, and so I did this and it uh, it helped. Like the, a neighborhood dog was barking at her and then I did this and then she didn't bark at it that day anymore. But then I, I noticed from doing this a bunch that the I, I don't think the, cl- the clamping, the mouth really does anything. I think it's just a tone issue. So just if a dog starts barking at her, I'll say, quiet, and she'll, <laughs> and she'll get quiet. Um, but the thing is that she doesn't speak English, so she doesn't know the word quiet. So right. this has turned into a dog starts yapping at her, and she starts yapping back, and then I say, where's Falcone? <laughs> I was going to say, it's nice that you have Batman controlling your dog. Yeah. Uh, swear to me, obviously, is another classic, but... Uh, <laughs> where is she yeah uh, and th- it's it's worked surprisingly well that's it so wait so okay hold on so is this, it just works does it work for the whole day does it work for uh it works, just that moment it works for one one incident like ah. like we go in a loop uh-huh. uh and if and there's there's the, our one neighbors have a dog that they leave out like all fucking day every day and it makes me feel bad for the dog. Also, the that guy had, owns a truck that in the Obama font says "oops," which makes me feel not great about him. Um, <laughs> and his his dog always barks at us when we walk past, and I'll do it once on the way, and sometimes that'll hold over for the way back, and sometimes it won't. Mm. So it's not a long-term corrective behavior, but it's a lot better than than uh, just having to like walk as fast as possible and hope no one notices. So it, it ends whatever is going on in that one instance, but it doesn't really do much more than that. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, take that as a victory, I guess. I think it, I think she's um, just like a super ornery and uh, fidgety dog, and this is just what's going to happen with her. So. So now, you are obviously the Batman. Yeah. Uh, she's some sort of low-level crook in this scenario. Is that what's going on? Uh, yeah. I picture her as uh, one of the Joker's followers who like has mm. some amount of face paint, but it's clearly not like Joker level of face paint. Right. I was like, I'm gonna get your dog a little Bane mask, but it doesn't seem like she's really at you know nemesis level. I don't think she's going to break my back. Uh, one would hope not, but yeah. you never know. She gets under. Zach, she could undercut me and break my back. That could happen. My dog, when I was little, took me out at the hip. I'm sure you had it coming. I probably did. I was a little shit. Zach, what do you think of this uh, this Batman esque uh, victory? I think you got to do what you got to do. Um, there's like an article. There's like nine different approaches to handling with like any dog behavior that people will tell you to do. Um, so I think you really just gotta find something that's gonna work. The, uh, Rupert does something similar as people walk by, and the article that Holly read was basically like, hey, what, if your dog is, like, alert barking, you just need to go up to them and, like, look out the window and just be like, thank you. And just, like, acknowledge that there is a thing out there and that it's fine. <laughs> so that's what we've been doing. And it's, I, I don't think it's very effective I, I fear that it's reinforcing the behavior. That you're, that you're I, like, I've been warned, and we appreciate that that we're being warned. That's gonna make him be like, well, I gotta, I gotta be the lookout because they're not gonna fucking do it. Uh, yeah, I agree. I don't stick to this policy. He has a habit of doing this at like two in the morning if like the sprinklers in the field by our house go off. Oh God. And so I'm trying to impress upon him the importance of never uh, going insane barking at two in the morning. <laughs> and so when I was on town this weekend, he woke. Uh, he woke Holly up like every 15 minutes for like an entire night, like barking at every noise that he heard because he thought it was me coming in the house. I'm deeply amused by this image of you just like solemnly turning to your dog and being like, oh, thank you. Yes, I appreciate that. <laughs> that's how you do it. You're like, yep, that's fine. <laughs> You're good to go here, man. But if it's a two in the morning, I hold his, 
his hand or his, his face in my hands and I just say, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> it's, it's tough to be a patient dog owner at two in the morning. Yeah, I'm not. I can't do it. I'm just like, why do you want me to die? Now, the next time you go out of town, are you going to like stink up a body pillow and put a put a flannel on it to make him think it's you so he isn't confused about where you are? To be honest, I'm scared of doing that because if that like scheme works, it just makes me lose a lot of respect for him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> not close. So you think that's fucking me? That's filling all of my functions in your life? Just like sitting there stinking? <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to know that one. Yeah. I mean, if it helps at all, that's basically what I think of you as. Thank you. That does help somehow. Well. Let's move on to our last article, okay, shall we? Cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, done. Oh, you Mask- picked this one? God damn it. Yes. Were mine over- really that bad that you picked this I, one over yeah. any of my submissions? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so this is MassLive.com, cr- Beer Nut, Cringeworthy Beer Names. And I just wanted us, as a group, I haven't even looked at these. I just wanted us to go through and enjoy these uh, bad beer names, shall we? Yep. Alrighty. So we've got Village Idiot Brewing Company's Thong Remover Belgian Triple Ale. That's amazing. Okay. Well, I mean, that one's not amusing. That's just, like, that's that's just unfortunate. Um, what else we got? Ridgeway Brewing's Reindeer Droppings. Okay, I'm beginning to worry that this author is just a prude. Klamath Basin Co.'s Butt Crack Brown. Nice. Nice. Lucius Brewing, Abby's Black IPA. Oh. Big huh. Sky Brewing's Moose Drool. I'm. It seems odd to me that the author is like equally upset with Moose Drool as Abby's Black IPA. One of those seems on an order of magnitude more insulting than the other one. I'll, I don't know. I'll give you one caveat here, and I don't want to uh, give Lucius Brewing any more credit than it has earned and i've never heard of them so i don't know anything about them but if it is it is possible that there is a brewer or a person like in a management management level at loose shoe brewing that wanted to name it this and i think that if that happened this becomes a lot more okay yeah and then we've got duclaw brewing's sweet baby jesus really None of these are that bad, except Abby's Black Eye. I actually like all of these names, except for that one, and I'm willing to, like, pull up judgment if there's, like, a brewer who got a black eye, like a company picnic or something, and it's, like, an inside joke or a reference uh, to something in their company. Yeah, I, I would... That's a good point. I would forgive it for that one, too. Yeah. Uh, and that, I didn't realize, is the end of the article. Thought there were going to be more, and thought this person wasn't just kind of a tool. Who wrote this? Who wrote this? George Lanker, fuck you. George Lanker also um, says a lot about how these things make women feel for an article written by someone named George Lanker. Did you just assume their gender? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Lost a woke off. <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, I don't know, it's just like... The, the, oh, the, I saw a picture of George Lanker by clicking on the link. I feel pretty confident in my assumption. Um, oh, yeah, music guy right there in the uh, in the description. That's fair. But, like, this is a terrible list. Like, George did a bad job. Like, straight up a bad job on this list. Because, one, Thong Remover Belgian Triple is a fucking awesome name for a Belgian <laughs> Triple. Like, I'm sorry, that's a great name. Zach, uh, you've been canceled. I would buy that. I would buy that. That's a great name. Anyone can wear a thong. Like, that's not sexist at all that's such an interesting point so what you're saying is it it should be okay to use alcohol to trick someone of any sex or gender (laughs) into having sex with you against their will you can't trick someone with the belgian triple they're very powerful tasting if you're drinking three of those you want to like you know (laughs) what you're getting into i don't think you're making it better zach (laughs) it's not jungle juice it's a triple i feel like it's a thong remover. Like, it just gets those things out of there. And reindeer droppings is just fine. Like, that's just a fine name. I mean, I think reindeer droppings and also butt crack brown are, like, aren't in the category of you should change this name because it's potentially offensive and more 
you should change this name because it makes me not want your product. That actually, Moostrel too, which is just like, this makes it sound like it's bad. Why'd you call it this? I don't even. That's not even the problem for me. The problem for me is like that they're assuming that uh, everybody who uh, buys this beer is, I guess, a fourteen-year-old boy. Like it's just not that funny. You know what I mean? I don't know. I like all of them except Buttcrack Brown, which I think is gross. Um, <laughs> like Moostrel, I think is like an interesting thing to call it. I don't think it's a, a commentary on what it's going to taste like. It doesn't even really evoke a very specific image to me because I have no idea what Moostrel would even be. And I think Sweet Baby Jesus is just like a thing that is said out loud. Yeah. By people. Who cares? So, who cares about Sweet Baby Jesus? I don't care at all about that. My issue with it was oh actually i was gonna say my issue with it was that i didn't like it very much but i just checked untapped and i gave it a three five out of five so that's not too bad no yeah you seem to like it okay there are thousands of beers and this is the best george could do i know and like there's a beer that straight up comes in a bottle that looks like buddha and he's not upset about that yeah what about maybe what about idolatry yeah (laughs) yeah what about might be designed by monks like those could be legit buddha statues that happen to hold beer inside of them stop carving graven images is all i'm trying to say (laughs) look i just have a thing about graven images (laughs) i had a phase in high school where um i really didn't like getting my picture taken because i had braces and i tried to play it off as uh as that it, it could be potentially conceived as graven images and i i uh didn't want to do it on religious grounds Sure. And the thing is that that's a nonsense argument, but no one knows anything about Jew stuff. Right. So it just, people just be like, oh, um, all right. I wore a yarmulke for like three months, kind of just as a, an experiment. An establishment protest? No, no, I'm not cool. Uh, it was more, um, me toying with the idea of becoming more religious, which I decided against in the end. But... It did feel good to be like, ha, fuck you. Can't make me take it off. Fuck you. I, yeah, I, I've been, <laughs> I've definitely been like, with all the crazy anti-Semitism that's going on, I've, I have, I've had this urge to, to just like dress like a Hasid, just like as a big old fuck you to everybody. But also I don't like Hasids. So why would I do that? It's a problem. Like no one really does. And yeah. I don't really blame them. Like, yeah. <laughs> They're pretty sense. rude. I don't know what else to say. Like, we got to step it up. We got to be a little bit more likable. Yeah. Uh, you know, we got to be more like Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler! Love that guy. You got to be like Paul Rudd, incredibly good at hiding our Jewishness. Incredibly He's handsome. He's Jewish? Wealthy. Exactly, Sam. Exactly. Yes, Paul Rudd is Jewish. Well, Sandler needs to come out with another Hanukkah song, because <laughs> that's the only way I know any of this stuff. <laughs> Harrison Ford's a quarter Jewish. Not too shabby. Uh, the only reason I know it is because I obsessively Google Jewish celebrities every night before I go to sleep. <laughs> we got another one. Uh, this person exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. Come to me, Hollywood. Well, do we want to wrap it up here, Jews? Did I get a topic at all? I felt like you talked in the beginning about your life, and I was actually trying to spare you because Sam always complains about having to have content. But no, if you this got, is all I have. If you've got more hilarious Zach antics, go for it. Yeah, this isn't, this isn't Boris, who sometimes somehow manages to go five weeks without doing anything worth talking about. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, um, yeah. I just want to talk about a little bit more Love on the Spectrum. Oh, oh sure. fuck. New, the new way I want to date. Um, it on the is Spectrum? Amazing. I wish I had been dating on the Spectrum. It is fucking oh. awesome how honest they are about how the date is going with each other. It is, like, impossible to explain to them how to navigate dates because the person they're dating isn't someone anyone has any experience dating. It's like they bring in, like, this, like, counselor who's, like, who specializes in, like, helping autistic people, like, get out there and date and, like, try to kind of explain some of, like, the human interaction rules around, like, dating and flirting and stuff, which is, like, super impossible to explain because we don't even explain that to each other anyway. Like... You just sort of have to muddle through. Wait, Zach. Yeah. I, I thought these were two autistic people dating each other. Is that not correct? It is correct. So then why why would you have to teach them how to date like normal people and not just let them date like autistic people? Don't say normal people there. You're right. <laughs> I should say, I, what I should say is neurotypical people. 
So, um, I guess basically that's a good point. I, I do think like it's to help them somewhat kind of get some context for what's going to happen. But like, I think you're right. And like, overall it's not super effective because the person they're with doesn't really respond. Right. Exactly. That's stupid. It's like, if, like it's like if one person, way. if one person spoke French and one person spoke German and then someone came in and tried to teach them both Spanish, it's yeah. just not that helpful. So, but what's amazing is like, so there's one episode where, um, one woman goes on a date with this guy who's like super into dinosaurs and they go to the museum, which seems like he picked the location. Um, and he goes around and is like telling her what every dinosaur is. But from watching it, I couldn't tell if he was just reading off the plaques or not, (laughs) which would have been the most annoying thing ever. (laughs) Uh, But she basically is just like, this isn't very interesting. And they, like, go sit outside on a bench, and he's, like, talking to her. And she's like, yeah, I think I just like you as a friend, you know? Like, this is, like, on the date, like, in person. She's like, don't really like this. Don't think this is really going to go anywhere. Maybe we can be friends or whatever. He was like, uh. And I was like, to be honest, I don't know how you really respond to that. Like, there's not really a move uh, at that point. He was just like, cool, well, good day. And then, like, tried to shake her hand. And I was like, Yep, that's about it. I think like, that's the right play, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, really. I, I mean, yeah, like that's it. You can't like fix that. You're just like, I'm just gonna get out of here and be polite. Yeah, I think it's that that is substantially kinder than ghosting somebody. Oh, for sure, it was amazing. I wish I'd had the balls and the dates I'd been on that were bad to be like, hey, this sucks, and I would like to not do this anymore. <laughs> and I think we should just be our own people in other places. But yeah, instead I did not do that for, I guess, really no reason other than that I was scared to. Um, well, maybe you shouldn't say that this sucks. Maybe hey, free so I'm objectively having a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up not having a good time. Yeah, it was like, it was awesome though. Um, and one guy, when uh, the uh, therapist was talking to him, he was just like, yeah, I'm done now. Like he was just in the middle of the conversation. He was like, I'm done now. I just got up and left. And I was like, I want to fucking do that all the time. <laughs> so I thought the honesty with which they approached everything was pretty dope. Um, it definitely is pretty awkward on, like, the date. Like, just, like, there's so little social convention being followed that as, like, a person that, like, that makes anxious. I was, like, watching. I was like, oh, I'm just, like, like retreating into myself. Yeah, you do. Uh, you bring up a good point, which is I don't understand why anyone would want to watch it. It seems like it would be, like... Like, un- uncomfortable from the, like, you know, the cringe comedy perspective, but with none of the comedic payoff, because I don't want to laugh at autistic because these people. Are, these are real people and their lives. Well, I mean, so when you say it like that, The fact that, they're, that, the that they're real people isn't the issue. The fact that they're autistic people is. I'll laugh at real people all fucking day. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't know if that was uh, progressive or not. Right. I'm gonna let. I'm just gonna let that one go. I, I, well, I guess what it comes back to is I have a very big problem with the Big Bang, the Big Bang Theory, because I think that the the central conceit of that show is, isn't it funny that this man Sheldon Cooper is autistic and he does silly things? Yeah. Uh, and it it makes it makes me really uncomfortable that that show is successful and it, like, making him a person that exists in the real world as opposed to fictional, like that doesn't to me make it any better or worse. And I think that a reality show about a neurotypical person, uh, like, with no, you know, no problems to overcome, being a dipshit, like, I'm comfortable laughing at them, whether it's scripted or not. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what to do with this. Uh, I feel uncomfortable. Okay. You, you, should, can... you should watch the show. I'm, uh, I'm definitely yeah. not going to watch that show. Watch the show for sure. No. And, uh, yeah, you just get a a glimpse into the world. And I was like, to be frank, like, I'm glad I've had dates that have gone better than that. But on the bad ones, probably that was the way to go. Just complete honesty. Well, maybe you can, uh, well, actually, never mind. I was going to say, maybe you can take some of this with you. But I was like, you probably don't want to be dating again. That wouldn't be good for you. Just not publicly. (laughs) Like, my, my roommate would get super mad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. That feels like the right place to end. What do you guys think? I think so. Okay. How much uh, of that should I cut? Jesus. Zach, you want to go, go first? Yeah, so I had um, 
the key lime goza uh, from Central Waters Brewing. Still not sure exactly what the ABV is. Probably not super high. It was nice, like legit. Like it, you get the the obviously lime flavor, but like the key lime to me is like that little bit of like weird kind of like milky creaminess that key lime pie has, where it's not lime flavor. It's like whatever else is in it. Um, you get that a little bit too. I was actually pretty impressed. It wasn't really salty at all um, to my mind. It was just very like tart. Yeah, it was nice. I would give this probably like a seven one. Oh, all right. Uh, I don't like gozas. Um, so I probably won't give this a try, but, uh, you rated it higher than I thought you would. So that's something. Yeah, that surprised me. I have Oliver Brewing Co. Uh, Be More Active Pale Ale, 4% ABV. Pretty good. The, uh, the kind of, uh, fruitiness that I got at first, uh, faded out as it got warmer, replaced a little bit more by bitterness, but it, it retained the floral finish, which I enjoyed. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of wish the ABV was higher, but that's a pretty little quibble. I'm going to give this a 7.3. I enjoyed it. I'd recommend it to people who uh, like pale ales, I guess, but also who may be looking for something a little bit more interesting. I don't know. It was more complex than the typical pale ale. Samuel. Man, that's a couple of high ratings I cannot live up to. I had Mockery's Gnarly Roots, uh, Belgian with carrots and ginger, I never really got the carrots, and I kind of just got bored of the ginger and wished it would go away and just be a normal Belgian. And, like, when the two reasons that I thought you were worth bringing on the show are either undetectable or obtrusive to the experience, that's just not a great sign. I'll give this a 3.4, um... I think a 32 ounce can is exactly the worst way to experience this because uh, I kind of I thought it was interesting early on and then I just got bored of it. So I'd say if you're uh, if you're getting a flight, this is worth picking, and if you're ordering a pint, it is not. All right, fair dues. Uh, let's see here. Do you know what you're going to be drinking next week? I had some other Belgian come to think of it, so I probably shouldn't have that next week, huh? Something either that Belgian or something other than that Belgian. All right, so you'll be having something. That is good to know. Likely. Uh, Zach, thank you for uh, being on and dragging us into a conversation where I think we all said something regrettable. Uh, I'm, I'll have to listen back to figure out what I said uh, that was regrettable, but other yeah. than that, yes, yeah, uh, my pleasure. <laughs> You might have gotten out of that one okay, now that I think about it. What did uh, I say? It's a personal, regrettable is a personal definition. Uh, <laughs> so you can define it however you want. Um, yeah, listener, if you want to tell us that we're canceled, you can tweet at us at <laughs> Tuesday. You can uh, email us at BruceTuesday, the podcast at gmail.com, or you can comment on our links at BruceTuesday.com. Let's keep it on. We'll see you over next week. Bye. 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 Comes up here, catch all your tears. Drink the remedy, forget about your problems. Here comes a shot, lose all your thoughts. Drink the remedy, forget about your problem. This one's on me, fix you for free. Drink the remedy, forget about everything. This one's on me, got what you need. And take your medicine, you feel better. So how much reality TV do you watch, Zach? Um, more now. I feel like I've kind of finished everything on Netflix, and so now we're just watching, like, weird reality TV. Like, we watched Million Dollar Beach House, which is about <laughs> real estate brokers in the Hamptons. And... I don't even think it's interesting. Like, we just watch it. <laughs> like, I don't know that we even particularly like 